Hello and welcome to SEO SAS, a special answering service when it comes to SEO topics, questions and anything else really. Hosted by me, Hannah Bryce, SEO manager at Gymshark, and the wonderful, hilarious, beautiful, charismatic and very creative, Sarah McDowell, SEO specialist at Like Mind Media. This show is brought to you by the team at Like Mind Media. Like My Media help clients find their audience and start having conversations with them, whether that's on social media, content, or even podcasts, just like this one. We're actually using their podcast game equipment right now. They're super lovely people who take time to understand your business and think like Aww. you. Thanks, Hannah. Hello, Hannah. Hello, how are you doing? I'm not too bad, thank you. You're making me blush with your introduction of me. Well, it's just a few of the adjectives I would use to describe you. <laughs> Describing me in, how many was it? Four, four words? Just, five just words? the four today, yeah. Just the four. Maybe it can get like, from now on, each week we add another <laughs> adjective and it just gets ridiculous. <laughs> Yeah, we'll have to start going into negative ones after a while. Slightly annoying. <laughs> that kind of stuff. I think she's funny, but not really. <laughs> yeah, maybe we'll stick to four. Oh, uh, you? Yes, I can't complain. I am a bit hungry because I only had a piece of toast for my breakfast this morning. I don't think it was enough for my belly this morning but you know what I think we should do a mashup of all the times that you've said I'm hungry in, post- in podcast episodes because it was like I'm hungry I'm hungry I'm hungry I'm hungry you say it pretty much every episode hey I'm like is it gremlins that need to be watered and fed at, at the right times at specific times I'm I'm like that if I don't get fed and watered and coffeeed oh my gosh hangriness <laughs> happens so, so yeah so We've got some exciting news, haven't it's we? It's another one of those exciting news episodes. Exciting news episodes. And the reason why we've got some exciting news is because we have a wonderful, wonderful guest joining us. And we're both very excited about this one, aren't we? Yeah. So this week, we have the lovely Arij Abu Ali, who is SEO manager at Zoopla and founder of Women in Tech SEO joining us today and we're just going to pick her brains and have a good old chin wag about SEO. So hello Areej. Hiya, how's it going? Not too bad, not too bad. How about yourself? Yeah, pretty good thanks. Really, really excited to be on this today. Ah, well we were very excited to have you on. When we reached out to you and you agreed, we're like yeah. So, I've got a really important question to chip in with. Areej, have you had some food or are you going to get hangry like Sarah? No, it's okay. I've had a two-course breakfast. I'm good. Two-course? Oh, <laughs> yeah. what, what, what was the two courses? I'm obsessed with those uh, overnight fridge oats. Uh, so I had that when I woke up and then I had coffee with chocolate chip cookies, which I consider another course. So I'm, I'm definitely well-fed <laughs> and well-watered. Oh my gosh. That. I've got got breakfast food envy right now. How's, how is it in London at the moment? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just staying home, been working from home all week long. So rather quiet, but I live near a really pretty park. So I managed to still go out for some park walks, which has been keeping me sane. Yes. Yeah. Everyone needs to do their bit, don't they, during this time? Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. But yeah, I mean, we, I have a dog. 
So I do get to go outside and go on like adventures with, with Millie. Um, but yeah, how do you find working at home? It was, it was super productive. It was quite different for me, not something I'm really used to doing, but something I've always wanted to try out. But yeah, it was, I think just the most important thing is for me to remember, I should still stick to my nine to five thirty. Whereas mm. when you're working from home, you then realize, oh, wow, I've been sat on this table for a very, very long time now. Yeah. So it's just kind of about making that differentiation, but definitely super productive. You, you quite enjoy working from home, don't you, Hannah? Absolutely, yeah. And I, I find exactly the same thing though. You can start work at half seven and then when it comes around yeah. to half four and you think, I probably should start logging off now. But it's kind of like you weigh up your commute and all that kind of stuff and everyone else is still online and then it comes to half five and you're like, ah, oh, no, I need to log off. <laughs> I was reading like best practices, well, not best practices, but like while you are working from home, like there was tips. So one thing that it said is try and still do a commute of some some kind like a walk around the block in the morning get changed get ready for work wear shoes apparently yep. have separate spaces so have a workspace and a break space so yeah and yeah. I, I've been trying to do that and it's sort of worked but yeah tell you what my best tip is when you yes. make a cup of tea or coffee put it into like um a jug and then put it in and then pour that into a flask and then also make yourself a cup because then you've got three cups in one you don't have to go up for a while hey and his top tip <laughs> top t- tip of the day <laughs> anyway should we talk about some seo yes well i think we should start with getting to know read a bit better okay let's do some quick fire questions go on are we ready so Areed, what is your favorite color uh blue navy blue Oh, nice. Smart. Can you keep a houseplant alive? Uh, no, never. <laughs> <laughs> Me neither. What's your least favourite household chore? Um, uh, ironing. Hate it. Never do it. <laughs> See, that's my favourite. I hate hoovering, but oh yeah. Um, shower or bath? Shower, definitely. Yeah. Favourite takeaway? Pizza. Nice. Would you rather climb a mountain or swim in the sea? Neither. I don't know how to swim. Um, not too sure about climbing a mountain. <laughs> okay, fair enough. And would you rather watch a watch a film or read a book? Um, read a book. Nice. And this one's especially for you. Would you rather do a presentation on canonicals or sitemaps? Uh, canonicals. I like canonicals. <laughs> I love that. Cool. Right, Sarah, over to you. Well, I was just going to say, um, on the podcast, we actually pronounce canonicals cankles. You say we. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> Sarah gets jumbled with canonicals, don't you? And cankles. I just, what you'll learn in the next however long this podcast is, is that I very much struggle with the English language. <laughs> <laughs> it's very endearing and also hilarious at the same time endearing go with that word go yeah. with that word okay cool good quick fire round i feel like i know you a bit more already Areej. but as this is an seo podcast let's let's talk a bit more about seo so how long have you been working in seo and why do you love it Started in 2014, so is that a bit more than six years now? And why do I love it? I think 
it's always needed. It's always there. It's always changing. There's something exciting or different or scary happening every day or so. So yeah, there's always something to do with it. Yeah. Loads of, there's always new challenges, isn't there? New opportunities. And when people say, is SEO dead? It's like, never mate. I think there'll always be a space for it. (laughs) It will change and pivot, but it's always going to be needed, isn't it? Yeah. 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 It just, it doesn't get boring. (laughs) Yeah. I'm interested in when, can you remember the actual point where you thought, yeah, SEOs to me, was it maybe you were looking at different types of marketing or digital marketing or did you always know? Yeah. So I, my bachelor's degree was in computer engineering. um, And that was back when I'm, I'm from Egypt. So I studied that back when I was in Egypt. And then I moved to UK and did like a master's degree in, in business IT. And that's when I kind of like started delving within digital marketing and so on. Um, And that's the first time I came across the concept of SEO. And I just liked the fact that it was a nice tie between marketing and computing. Like it was just that exact thing in between. Yeah. Um, and that's, that's kind of what got me into it. I can see why you're perfect for it then. <laughs> definitely, definitely. So obviously you just said there that you did a computing. So obviously you've always been quite technical, I suppose. So what sort of drew, drew you to technical SEO as a specialism? Yeah, I mean, the the interesting thing is when I, my very first job in SEO was specifically in content and I just wanted to get my foot into it. So I kind of went with it um, and that was agency side. But I, like, I knew right away, like technical SEO was the aspect that I would find the most interesting. And I was sat next to a technical SEO colleague and I just kind of started like seeing what they were working on and stuff. Uh... And within a month, they switched me from content to tech SEO. So it was good news all around. I was, I was really happy about that. So, and ever since, I've mainly specialised in tech SEO. So as you were um, sat next to your colleague, were you sort of like peering over like, oh, that looks interesting. I want to do that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, more or less. Yeah, they were doing like some tech audit for like an e-commerce site. And I just found it really, really interesting. And I wanted to learn more about that. And it was way more interesting than the content that I was working on. So yeah. <laughs> um, what's your favourite technical issue to get your teeth stuck into? So I I really like working with large sites. I really like issues with whether Google manages to crawl or index a site properly. Like those are the ones that I find most interesting where sites that cannot help having millions and millions of pages because maybe they sell a lot of things or they have a lot of information on them. So Google really struggling to crawl all of that. That's what I find most interesting. Is that why you love Canonicals? Yeah, my, yeah, yeah, part of it. Yeah, because their, their chronicles are usually such a mess. <laughs> There's a lot of stuff to fix in there. I yeah. think what, what I would find most boring are sites that are more or less in, in a good foundational state. They're, yeah. they're so boring because there's nothing you can do with them. Uh, <laughs> so when you come across a site that has no issues, you're a bit like, oh, that's my fun gone. <laughs> Yeah, when I was agency side, I always, before we go for a pitch and I just do a quick audit on a site and if we don't find issues with it, I just say, like, why would we even take them on as a client? They're fine. (laughs) So that was kind of like, (laughs) so I would probably be a really bad agency owner. (laughs) You don't need us. You're fine. Your website's not not broken. What? There's nothing to fix. So... Can we get your views on source code? And I suppose the question here is, would you say it's scary or complicated as it sounds? 
I think it's if you know what you're looking for, there's a lot of things in there. Like when you open it, it might look really jumbled up and scary initially because there's so much in there. I always cheat. I just use command find, like, you know, uh, command F to kind of see what it is I'm looking for because right. it gives you a nice way to start out. If you're looking for a specific meta tag or you want to find like the Facebook open graph or whatever it is that you're looking for, just search for it rather than try to scroll through, through each and every single section. The other thing is just Google what you're looking for and you'll always find the sample of what you're trying to find. And then you can copy that sample and just, again, command, command F to try to find what, where it is or, or what's there. But HTML is quite, there's a lot of courses out there for it. It's quite easy to you know pick up. A lot of it uses normal English language. So it might feel a bit scary at the start, but once you know what it is that you're looking mm. for, it makes it much easier. And I suppose there it's practice as well. So as you're sort of getting stuck in and you're going to Google and you're finding resources or you're trying to find out how to do something, you get more yep. familiar with what you what it is you're looking for. And I have to say, like, there's times where I will look at source code because I'm looking for something and it can be a bit daunting. But like you say, don't get scared of that. Have a reason and find what you're looking for because then that takes away the scariness doesn't it yeah 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 definitely and some and do it on a number of different websites some websites have a much messier source code than others and some have like much nicer and cleaner one so you might find it more comfortable in sites that have like a much cleaner one um, and go with pages that you know like the back of your hand so if you're looking at the source code of the home page which is something that you're quite familiar with Rather, or like a normal, easy-to-read blog post rather than the source code of a page that might have some complex code on it. Yeah, so a page that's got like loads of features or something or like yeah. lots of functionality, whereas if it's a straightforward... Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. That's really, really good advice. And I guess when it comes to, to giving good advice, we know that you are an excellent speaker and um, you've spoken at Brighton SEO, MozCon. What was that like? Yeah, it was really scary. I mean, I think my first Brighton SEO was in September 2014. And wow. I remember like I was so amazed by all the speakers and I was thinking, oh my God, I'm never going to be able to do that. And I had trouble understanding so much of what the talks were even about because it was still just a few months for me in. And then every year I would go and I would just keep thinking the same thought. And then eventually must have been September 2018 that one where I was like nope that's it I'm not I'm not going to hold this off anymore I'm going to pitch to speak for the next edition um, and within a week I'd, um, I'd just done my pitch and I sent it across so yeah like it was such a great experience and I think there's something very humbling about it as well because you realize that you, you really try to perfect it especially when you're a first-time speaker you try so hard to make it perfect and it took, I spent six months putting that talk together, <laughs> which is crazy. Wow. <laughs> yeah, but I was really, really happy with like the end result of it. And with MozCon, that was quite funny because I pitched to speak there right before my Brighton SEO talk. And I was just like, you know what, I'm just going to do the pitch and it's probably not going to come. doesn't matter. I'm just going to do it. And then it got approved and I was like, what? How did this happen? Wow. So that was another great experience. Uh, but yeah, definitely like it's something I've, I talk to a lot, a lot of people in the industry, um, you just need to kind of go for it. And there's always going to be people in the audience who will learn something from what you're yeah. sharing. But most importantly, you will learn so much about your own experience 
and it's just going to really help with your own confidence, your own knowledge, your own experience. I suppose one thing that probably puts people off speaking and it is something that I struggle with and I think a lot of SEOs and even a lot of a lot of people who speak but there is the like imposter syndrome isn't there so I don't know have you have you ever sort of had those feelings and have you have you found ways to combat that yeah all the time so my my first talk in Brighton SEO I I mentioned imposter syndrome in it and um And I did that because I just wanted to be honest and open. So the talk was about trying to fix an indexability challenge for a job aggregator client of mine and all the different processes I went. It was quite a technical talk and how I winded up like the suggestion, the framework that I built for it. But then the recap of that talk was that I discovered that I suffer from imposter syndrome because the whole time I was trying to fix this technical issue for my client, I was constantly thinking, I have no idea what I'm talking about. I don't have enough knowledge for this. I'm not good enough to be doing this. And how, you know, this, this, this is something that the more you talk about it, though, the, the easier it becomes because every single person agrees and says, you know what, I've had these feelings before as well. Yeah. Um, and so just having this open dialogue is really, really important. I think that's really reassuring because it's really nice to think that. So when you Google your name, for example, articles about the best women in SEO to follow, most inspiring women, they come up and if you've still if you can still relate and be the same sort of person that everybody else with imposter syndrome that that's really really nice to hear and really reassuring but how does it make you feel when you see the, these articles about saying you need to follow a read and all that and inspirations and everything like that yeah just weird <laughs> i don't <laughs> i don't google my name because i don't want to uh, come across what's gonna be there but i feel really weird by it honestly there there are there are a lot of like amazing brilliant women out there and I, i'm the first to stand up like for example um just someone top of my mind like hannah smith she helped me throughout my whole like brighton seo pitch from start to finish she's someone who's brilliant like been in the industry for almost 15 years, done this, done that, still talks about imposter syndrome as well. So I think it's just about, you know, finding this tribe of people who can support you. And it, it is good to look up to others who can like provide you with help and support. But yeah. more importantly, you know, just know, know your own worth as well and know that you're, you're good enough to do these talks as well, to be on these lists and, and all that. Yeah, that's what's really good about the SEO community, isn't it? Really, mm. community. Definitely. I mean, the more that I, or not, yeah, the more experience I have in SEO and the longer that I do it, there is a sense of community out there with SEO, especially on like Twitter and LinkedIn and stuff. And I quite like that, that the SEO community does feel quite supportive and no question is ever too silly or too stupid, which I think is quite refreshing. And it's nice to be a part of something, isn't it? Mm-hmm, definitely and I would say with places like Brighton SEO I think what encouraged me is every time I attend it like the feedback you see on Twitter and the feedback you hear from people while you're there no one ever says anything negative about any of the talks or anything like that and that just really encouraged me because it's like everyone who's attending wants to learn and mm-hmm. everyone who's attending wants you to succeed so yeah. there's there's really nothing for you to worry about yeah so get out there folks get on that stage mm-hmm. so 
I think we need to talk about the awesome event that you put together. So Women in Tech SEO Festival, which took place earlier in March. And because me and Hannah got FOMO a little bit for not being there. <laughs> it was so awesome. So congratulations on that because, yeah, it, was a, it looked like an awesome event and there was just so much positivity and good stuff being said about it. So tell us about it. Why did you set it up? How did you come about choosing London for the location and the venue? How did you go about choosing the speakers? Yeah, definitely. So we, I, I started Women in Tech SEO as a community last May, so it hasn't been a whole year even yet. And it initially started as a, as a Facebook group. And afterwards, I was like, okay, it would actually be nice for us to all meet up. So I started the meetup group as well. And ever since it's been monthly meetups in London, just free meetups where we have about three speakers. It's all women attendees, all women speakers. And we do like a, an evening meetup every month, basically. Um, and then a few months in, it started, like, it was just going really well. The Facebook community, I think now it has almost 900 people on it. Wow, uh, we have a Slack community. Yeah, we've got, like, quite a lot. So in August, I started thinking, I had two weeks in between jobs. And I was like, okay, how do I keep myself busy <laughs> rather than rest and relax? <laughs> so I was like, wouldn't it be really cool if I do, like, a full-day conference for International Women's Day in March? And so that's how I kind of just started planning it. I wanted to keep the same pace of the meetups, which is all women. And I, I was really interested to explore different type of topics, not to just have technical SEO. So I winded up splitting it into analyze, advance, innovate, and empower. And those would kind of be the main themes of the day. And I'd have three speakers within each one. Yeah, and then just the planning started from there. Um, and when I released the tickets, in September, it sold out in a month and a half, which I could not believe. I was convinced wow. no one was going to buy a ticket. <laughs> and yeah, it just, it went really, really great. Like I'm so happy and I'm really grateful with how successful it was. We had around 250 people on the day. We had 11 speakers. I picked such a beautiful venue to host it in, which was Barbican Center. Yeah, it went, it went much better than expected. Um, so if you have FOMO, fingers crossed, I do plan to have one next year so I'll make <laughs> yeah. sure you're you're there thank you how did you market it because I did sell out so quickly literally just me on Twitter and LinkedIn <laughs> like that was it but but I would say the good thing is we already had quite a well-established community so by then on the Facebook group and on my Slack community we had about 500 people on it for example we had quite a lot of followers on Twitter so I think it it definitely helped like having that community established beforehand uh, because and then we had the meetup groups where we would usually get around 60 people each month so it was you know members of that community who wanted to join the full day awesome I have a bit of a well not an awkward question but I do I do think it's worthwhile bringing up because obviously it's women in tech SEO so it's great that it's like empowering and supporting and giving a platform for women but have you sort of had any backlash or is, is there been any issues from it only being women so initially with the community and with the free meetups and so on it was I never had any kind of backlash or feedback uh, but with the conference when I released the tickets I did start getting some backlash on Twitter some people were sharing with me governmental documents of how this is illegal <laughs> oh <my laughs> <God>. I'm not <laughs> 
I'm not quite sure how that's the case. And and it, it and it did stop me for a second. And I kept the funny thing is, I'm pretty sure if I had opened the tickets for everyone, ninety percent at least would have still been just women. But the the interesting thing is, I, I I'm pretty sure I did the right thing because a lot of the talks were much more open, honest, and raw. And I know for a fact that wouldn't have been the case if it was open for everyone. Everyone afterwards gave feedback about how it was such an open and transparent and safe area to be in. And I just feel it was the right thing to do. And I will continue doing that. And I personally have had a lot of help and support previously for women-only spaces. And I believe how important they are. And I know that some people do not necessarily agree with that, which is completely fine. But it's something that I, I value a lot. And I'm mm. like, I hope to continue doing. And in terms of, so obviously you've spoken about imposter syndrome and how people will still speak about that, which is wonderful. What do you think were the top three messages that the, the women who did attend took away from the festival? Oh, wow. Like, uh, yeah. I mean, where, where do I even begin? <laughs> yeah, that's, the, that's a difficult one. I would say, especially with like the Empower sessions in the end, they were extremely powerful. We had Stacey McNaught and Hannah Smith and Kirsty Hulse and those had talks around work-life balance. So establishing that and like we did touch a lot on imposter syndrome, but also with Hannah's talk, we talked a lot about going freelance and kind of navigating that and how you, how scary it can be for someone to to do that. But yeah, I mean, it's it's quite difficult for me to. I wish I wish I had an easy way where I can summarize the top three things. But I would say like we definitely stuck to the theme of the day, which is analyze, advance, innovate, and empower, and kind of how you can with those four core themes. If you if you have them in your day to day, like how helpful that can be for you. Yeah, yeah, that sounds really really cool. Awesome. Okay, ah, uh, we saw that over Twitter and places that you did a speakers dinner the night before. Um, mm-hmm. I guess that was uh, amazing because like you've you've obviously picked these speakers because you look up to and you value and you wanna and you want to hear them talk. So I imagine that that speaker's dinner was really awesome and you had some awesome conversations. And did you end up like fangirling over anyone? Uh, so the, the the thing I love about like my speakers is that I contacted each and every one of them before I even had a venue, before I had a single sponsor, before I'd even put up websites together. And they all said yes to being a part of it. And that is something like that I will wow. forever be grateful for. The second thing is, it's quite interesting, like with someone like Aleda Solis, for example, who I was always massive fan, you know, the, the literally the amount of things I learned from her when I was still like starting off in my SEO career. She, like the amount of help that she gave me, not just with the conference, but with connecting me with different sponsors, explaining to me how to put an invoice together. <laughs> I feel like she gave me so many business lessons that even though I have an MBA, I never learned in school was just amazing but it's funny with the speakers dinner I was feeling so nervous the night before like I was this close to not even going I wanted to message them and be like you go have the dinner I'm just gonna stay and cry because I'm so nervous about tomorrow <laughs> but then I did wind up going which was quite nice it w- it made me feel much better and it was a really nice distraction but I think we were obsessing about what's happening with coronavirus that was probably the majority of our talk that night oh, okay um, yeah, but no, it was really, really fun. And every everyone was great. Everyone was super supportive of one another as well because we had a few who were quite new speakers. 
and everyone was kind of supportive of one another. I just, uh, when you said that you didn't want to go and you just wanted to stay in and cry, I just feel for you so much because that just goes to show how passionate you are about an event. And it is that, isn't it? When you put like your heart and soul into something and you want everything just to go right, it can be a bit overwhelming. But I'm so glad that you you went to that speaker's dinner because one, you deserve it. You deserve like having a bit of, breathing space before but I'm, I'm guessing afterwards you were like ah oh, I'm so glad I went that was the right decision oh yeah a hundred percent yeah I would have if I hadn't gone I would have probably spent those three or four hours like just crying and and thinking <laughs> of every possible worst case scenario and the crazy bit is not no and maybe I didn't notice but I don't think anything went wrong on the day which is insane like wow. I had built all those worst case scenarios in my mind but I think because I planned for them <laughs> and I knew exactly how to react to that. And I over, over, over planned every single thing of the day that everything was fine in the end. So I was just walking the whole day thinking, OK, something's going to happen now. Something's going to happen now. But then nothing happened. <laughs> wow. Well, it sounds like you should have a backup career as a wedding planner. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, this was worse than my wedding planning. And it's funny because my wedding planning was just 30 people, but I was still stressed like crazy for it. Um, and this was 250. So, yeah. <laughs> That's crazy. Talking, going back to sort of fangirling really briefly, is there anybody that you would love to meet that you haven't already met? Maybe somebody who really inspires you? Oh, yes. I've, I was thinking about that. And I mean, can I say someone outside SEO? Cool. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Oh my, like Ellen DeGeneres is my number one. Um, I love her. I was just watching her videos this morning of her being bored and quarantined at home, which made me laugh so much. She like, she just makes everyone happy. And yeah, she's my number one. And then followed by Michelle Obama and Oprah probably yeah. tied together. Yeah, they would be like in my top. I don't know an SEO. I feel like I've met so many amazing people already that it would be yeah, I can't think of anyone I haven't I haven't met yet. Everyone's just so amazing. It's difficult to pinpoint one person. Ah, oh, and that, that's it's so cool. Your other answers though, because it just goes to show like there are really sort of inspirational women out there in every walk of life. Mm. Yeah. If I mean, if you do manage to organise a dinner with Ellen, Michelle, and <laughs> oh. can I come? <laughs> yes. Can me and Hannah oh, come along someday? Oh, definitely. Oh, my God. I will. I think when I meet Ellen Generous, I will cry because I will be. Yeah, I will cry out of happiness that I finally met her. So I'm Aww. hoping it's, it's on my list there to happen. OK, well, never say never. You've got you've got to have these goals, haven't you? So a bit of a open question here, Arij. What is next? Mm -hmm. What What is next for you? What What's on the what's on the agenda? Yeah, I mean, I, yeah, difficult one. I've just. I've recently changed from agency to in-house for the first time last year, and it's been going really, really well. So I'm quite excited about that for now. Still learning a lot, still picking up a lot of stuff, still having a lot of product and engineering drama, which is much yeah. needed in your life. And then with with the community, I, yeah, just going going bigger, helping more people, definitely planning on on doing another bigger conference for next year we were limited to 250 this time i'm hoping i can go for a bigger venue next year so yeah just kind of taking it day by day i just need to make sure i i rest in between because <laughs> yeah. sometimes it gets a bit crazy but yeah and just to keep learning um, there's a lot of stuff that's happening on a day-to-day -day and i still feel very behind sometimes in a lot of aspects and technical seo 
So it's just really important to to keep an open mind and to keep learning things. So a lot, a lot isn't Sorry. it? Sorry, no, you go, you go. I was just going to ask a bit of a controversial one. I was going to say, so far, what, what do you prefer, agency or in-house? Oh, in-house, 100%. Oh, my God. <laughs> agency was so stressful. <laughs> yeah. I mean, agency, you learn so much because you're trying to juggle so many things and there are so many crazy deadlines. And yeah. I usually tell people if they're still starting off, you know what, start with agency because you're going to learn way more than what would you learn in in-house initially. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So lots to learn. But then after some time, you're like, okay, I need, I need this stress out of my life. I need something a little bit more peaceful. Yeah. And you can deep dive so much more when you're in-house because all the things that you didn't have a, like allotted time for with agency, you can actually say to know, do you know what? This is important. I'm going to spend three days on this. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And you yeah. just get to work with so many different stakeholders that you go nowhere near in agency. Like you get to talk to all types of departments and teams and heads off and, and, and you need to really learn how to communicate with these different stakeholders. And it's not something yeah. you'll get exposed to in agency. I love that. So do you think you'll always work in SEO? Um, um, maybe not too sure. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's interesting, right? Like with, with all the community stuff and event management and all this type of stuff, I've just, I've enjoyed doing it so much. Like, yeah. I, I don't, I didn't even mind that it took hours and hours and hours of my free time. I just enjoyed doing it. So if I could find a way to kind of maybe have those two in one type of thing, maybe down the line. Um, yeah, I'm not too sure. I haven't, I'm, I'm not giving it too much thought right now. I'm going to, I'm going to see how it goes. Uh, everyone's different. Um, but I would say everything. So my work, where I am and what I'm doing, I didn't necessarily plan for. So I do think if you don't necessarily have a plan, then you're open to more opportunities, aren't you? Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Um, and stuff. What do you love most about your day job? I love my team. I work with such an amazing team. We do everything in-house, which is nice. So we've got quite a big digital team. And, and, I, and I love working with other departments and kind of learning more about what they do as well. And just like different challenges to pick up. There's always something to do with the, like with the housing market. There's a lot to learn in terms of the industry itself. So, yeah. Awesome. Are there any parts of SEO that you find boring or boring, but what's be your least favorite thing to do I have a feeling you're going to say content ah <laughs> uh, yeah I mean I would never I always just put my head down like nope sorry we're we're technical SEO we're not we're not going to write the content for you that's something I always do which really annoys the content teams but I'm like I'll give you all the recommendations you want and I'll, I'll help you all you want and I'll say if this works or if this doesn't work but I refuse to write any content <laughs> me or my team <laughs> yeah but no I think I mean I can't think of like a specific bit that I find super boring. Probably any anything that you start feeling is a, is is very manual. You're probably there must be a smarter, more efficient way you can do it. So it's yeah. just this idea of how do I automate this or how do I find a tool that can make this a bit faster type of thing. And this figuring out uh, might be a bit annoying. The other thing I would say is unnecessary reporting to executive high level, blah, blah, blah. That mm. for me is like, I know how important it is, but it just feels like it takes up so much time when yeah. it comes to reporting. And what are we really trying to achieve? Like, I understand that we're trying to tell people how we're performing, but if it takes so much time to just the summary part of it, not the numbers, having to write all the stuff out, 
that bit I, I don't enjoy too much mm. yeah I'm with you I, I think that would be the answer for most like reporting it is it is important it does have a place but it can take up time and some and a lot of time and resource and sometimes it's like surely there's a better way or do we need this yeah. much reporting <laughs> but yeah I think that would be a pain for quite a few of us out there could you give our listeners your top technical SEO tip? Uh, my top technical SEO tip, um, like I would say, and like an- analyzing anything is very important. So before you jump in and start giving recommendations of how this works or why this doesn't work, it's just continuing to ask why, 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 why. So if you start analyzing a website, trying to understand why does this work this way? Why is this built this way? Why is this operating this way? Before you just jump into the recommendations. Mm-hmm. So spend a substantial time on the analysis side of things before actually giving the recommendations. And also you have to be really, really patient and take your time with the analysis rather than just trying to rush into the usual type of recommendations that might come out of something and recommend things based on priority. Uh, don't jump in with 50 recommendations. Instead, if you know that this is the biggest priority, only give them the biggest priority and then afterwards start giving them the more, the more smaller ones. Ah, oh, I like that. Yeah, because then yeah. you don't... Sorry, that was like five tips. No, I mean, <laughs> you gave no us one's complaining. <laughs> Brilliant. I think that's all of our questions for you, but do you have a question you'd like to ask us? No, I just, I find this really fascinating. How long have you been doing this? The podcast? Yeah. Since November last year, so yeah, a year and four months. Yeah, so not, so still fairly, I don't know, a bit more established or yeah, still I mean, fairly it, new? It's, it's quite enjoyable because it's very like natural, like, co- like questions and conversations as opposed to somewhere you have to jump in and be prepared with all of these notes and answer all these like super detailed questions. This is much more nice and natural. So yeah, oh, thanks thank for having you. me. Oh, um, well... I was just going to say, so one of our missions with the podcast is making or trying to make SEO fun and accessible for all. Yeah. So yeah, we are very sort of conscious of that. And when we, when I was badgering and pestering Hannah, like, please let us do a podcast. You know, you want to. Uh, (laughs) No, Hannah was very open and yes, but yeah, we've always sort of wanted to make sure that whilst we are providing value and wanting to educate people we want it to be entertaining as well so yeah Yeah. Hannah does most of the sort of planning um, and she's awesome at it (laughs) so yeah but it's nice when people say nice things about the podcast yeah thank you very much yeah Yeah, of course thank you for having me of course I don't think we mentioned at the start of the podcast that there's a feature, but we might have mentioned it when we messaged you. But what it is next is we're just going to ask you some really random questions. And it's a, it's a bit of a competition between you and Sarah. So uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's absolutely nothing to do with SEO. So neither of you have got a heads up on this. No, don't, don't worry, Areej. I've not got a heads up or um, what's the word? Any insider knowledge. Any insider knowledge. Yes, thank you. Okay. Yeah. So today's random feature. So on your Twitter account, it says that you're a, the Beatles fan. Yeah. So I thought we'd have a quiz about Beatles, but not the Beatles, just Beatles. Oh my God. 
I know um, I'm going to lose already. <laughs> Reed, you need to have fighting talk. You should tell me that I'm going down or something. Um, so the source for this one is Pest World for Kids. So it's not going to be anything groundbreakingly difficult, um, but it is completely random. So Reed, we're going to let you go first. And mm-hmm. the first question is, how many pairs of wings do adult beetles have? Is it one, two, or three? Two. Excellent. Sarah? Um, oh, same question. One, two, or three? I'm going to go out there and say three. Lovely. So Areed won that one. It is two. Ha <laughs> <laughs> ha. Next question. So, Sarah, you get to go first on this one. Thank you. Most beetles live for either one week, one month, or one year. Oh, one week isn't a very long time in the world, is it? No. Um, would they last a whole year, though? I'm going to go middle of the road and go with a month. Okay, Areed, same question. Yeah, one month as well for me. Oh, you're both wrong. It's a year. Oh, I know. I suppose that's better for the beetles, though. Absolutely. More time to, you know, make the most out of their beetle life. Yeah, have lots of little beetle families. Areej, <laughs> um, <laughs> next question for you to, to go first. How many species of beetles are there in the world? Is it 300,000, 400,000 or 500,000? 300,000. Lovely. So I'm going to go big or go home. 500,000. I'm afraid uh, that's incorrect. And Areed got it right. So it's. Oh, yes. <laughs> Your beetle knowledge is good, Areed. <laughs> yeah, not bad, actually. My guessing knowledge is good. <laughs> uh, so, Sarah, how yes. does it take for carpet beetles to grow from an egg to an adult? Is it up to three weeks, up to three months, or up to three years? It can't take three years, surely. What have they got to grow? Um, also, they live a year. Oh, oh this is before they're technically. Yeah, that's this is before oh. life. Oh, it's like being grown in the womb type thing. Um, <laughs> so, what is it? Three days, three months, three years. Uh, three weeks, three months, or three years? Three weeks. Okie dokie, thank you. And Arish? Three months. Uh, both wrong, it's three years. <laughs> what? It take up to three years. This is carpet beetle specifically, so yeah. I mean, what have you got to grow? Well, two pairs of wings for starters. Yeah, but a human is born in nine months, isn't it? I, 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 didn't, I didn't decide this, I just found the quiz. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I'll... Uh, Sarah, next I'll question, you bring first. Bring it down a notch. Go for it. Do carpet beetles actually eat carpet? Yes <laughs> or no? <laughs> no. <laughs> and a reach? No. Oh, they do. Oh! What? <laughs> I know. <laughs> so, I'm gl- sorry, I'm means... glad I'm not a carpet beetle. I wouldn't like well, to. Oh, absolutely. Carpet. No, I mean, hang either. on. So, so Sarah hasn't answered a single right question so far, yeah? Absolutely. Confirm. So, <laughs> <Perfect>. <laughs> do we have to highlight that to our 
Well, actually, yes, we do, because that is the end of the quiz. Aries is the winner. Yes! You have a forfeit. Oh, God. So, Sarah, you have to sing a little bit of your favourite Beatles song. Oh, oh, let me think. Like um, a chorus. Yellow Submarine, maybe? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that works. Okay. <laughs> All right. Listeners around the globe join in with me if you want to and a region hannah i know it's my forfeit but if you feel like you want to sing to help no, me no here we go all you it's all you <laughs> we all live in a yellow submarine a yellow submarine a yellow submarine we all live in a yellow... is there more words or is that it no, that's that's the that's i think that's it what well the, done what are the very songs? good What's the twist and shout? Hang on, I'm on one now. That's a different I? one. It's, that's that's enough. a different song. That was like 10 years earlier. Oh. <laughs> what, out, of, out of interest, Reed, what song would have you picked? Lucy in the Sky with Diamonds, potentially. Uh, Lucy in the Sky with Diamonds. <laughs> oh, no. it, it? Sarah just ruined it for you. <laughs> yeah, done. <laughs> you now don't like the Beatles. <laughs> Well, we've had some Beatle knowledge and that was really good. So thank you, guys. Thank you. Yeah. I, I'm ashamed that I didn't get one right. Not a single one. Not, <laughs> all right, Areed, you're right. <laughs> well, that sadly brings us to the end of an SEO SAS podcast. Did you have fun with us, Areed? Yeah, it was awesome. Thanks for having me. If people want to find you or see what you're up to, how can people do that? Yeah, so I, I tweet way more often than I should. And I'm on at Arij underscore Abu Ali. Um, I'm on LinkedIn as well. And if they want to keep up or join any of our groups on Women in Tech SEO, then it's just womenintechseo.com. And it's got links to all of our different groups there. I'll make sure that in the show notes, I'll put a link to that group. Awesome. And, and what have you. So yes, Hannah, how can people get in touch with us? Uh, they can email us at hello at seosaspodcast.com. They can find us on Twitter, seo underscore sas. Find you on Twitter at Sarah McDuck. Find me hiding away somewhere on Twitter, not using it very much, or seo sas Hannah, or both of us on LinkedIn. Awesome. And could we just ask a favour that if you do enjoy listening to our ramblings, please do give us a review on your podcast playing platform of choice. Because yes, if we get some more reviews, it's more likely to be seen by people. So thank you. Wonderful. Right. Shall we all say goodbye? Yes. Thank you very much, Reed, And goodbye. Goodbye. Thank you. Bye.